Welcome, everyone, to the newest episode of The Unbalanced Note, where the show is all about Muzak. Not Muzak, but music. I hope it's not about Muzak. It's not about Muzak. It's about This elevator sucks. No, it's not. It's about music. Uh, We're having a great time today. It is January. It's really nice outside. However, it's really cold outside. It's cold outside, baby. And we just had lunch at Jack Perkins' own Mockingbird Diner. There were burgers. There was chicken salads with banana peppers. There was almost dessert. There was almost dessert. They have a new dessert there. Orange roll bread pudding. Hail yeah. Dude, we're two for two of that play. That's two two weeks in a row. It is two weeks in a row. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a fun show today. Uh, I'm Brian Kluger, and I'm with the amazing Ginger Ninja that did not fuck the ostrich this week. Jacob Douglas, how are you now? It's too cold for all that. It's too cold. Fucking if, ostrich. You got to be outside. It's just a mess if you do it indoors. Can you fuck an ostrich? Fle- yeah, man. You just move those feathers around. You need a sick ostrich. You can milk anything with nipples, Greg. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> Uh, our, uh, our, our main event today is Aerosmith. Uh, we are excited to talk about them because it's, it's, they're good and terrible at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I was, funny. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say that. So, uh, that's it. Let's, let's do a little, uh, a little news first, a couple things. So at Sundance, there is this huge, uh, documentary called Leaving Neverland, which is about Michael Jackson and not about Michael Jackson, the person or his music. It's more about interviewing the two kids who sued him for molestation. Uh, and so the director has responded to these uh, to peop- to fans who think this documentary is horseshit and just kind of like a public lynching. Jackson's estate and family has said this is documentary is terrible. And I mean, like it's a two it's a two part documentary that follows two guys. Wade Robson and James Safechuck, who are now in their 30s, but they claim they were sexually abused by Michael in the 1990s, if you remember all that. Um, and uh, we, have, uh, we have definitely known these cases to go on and stuff like that. So some of these kids said nothing happened at the time, then they recanted. So it's a whole thing. So Jacob, what I mean, I know what you think about Michael Jackson. If you've heard this, uh, if you've heard this podcast uh, before, you know Jacob is not a fan of Michael J. Big hater, big hater. And you know I'm the biggest fan. But this new documentary that follows these two now adults now who said they were abused by him. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, what do you think, dude? Are you gonna watch look, this? Yeah, oh yeah, I'm gonna watch it. Any adult who like builds a Ferris wheel and a playground like in their backyard that, that I've never seen a bigger red flag. So I what, to say to that, my argument to that is he never had a childhood. He was always a kid. He was abused by his dad and he never had a child. So he thought he literally grew up to be a child and you never saw him at Playboy mansion parties. You never saw him going to strip clubs. He wanted to be yeah. a kid. He had the money. He built a zoo and a theme park. He built his ever. own he built his own Playgirl mansion. He wasn't interested in Playboy. Look, like what you just said, that's the same as you you started to watch the R. Kelly thing. Yes. Remember in that he says that he was assaulted by a family member? Right. That doesn't give you like free reign to just terrorize people. No, I agree, but I don't but 
I don't think Michael Jackson peed or had a sex. No, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. literally think it's all innocent with Michael Jackson. I think he was a kid. He just wanted to hang out. So you with- think when he dangled his baby over the balcony, that was just ah, it's just Michael. People do crazier things with, with a- kids. Yeah, and he like did. The press was insane. Like, show us the kid, and he just like for a split second did that, and then immediately took him back. Yeah, but who? No one in the history of the world has done that. Like in the Lion King, they didn't even hold him over the ledge. He, <laughs> he held him. He held him straight up. I bet you that was going through his mind at that. point. He thought that's what he was doing, dude. He he fucking. I don't know, man. Like, like I said, you know, I'm just not a fan. Like, I'm the I'm the low percentage of people that just don't. I don't get it. Like, I, I think he did. Worse for music than he did good for it. Like, I disagree. I think he is. There's a, there's a direct link between him and Post Malone. Like you can't draw a parallel. No you way. cannot draw a parallel between Led Zeppelin and Post Malone. You can draw one between Michael because Michael no, Jackson, dude. Michael Jackson was like one of the first people to start to steer away from musically what was happening, especially during a concert. There was no people playing instruments unless Eddie Van Halen came out. No, he was. Right, but always playing it. He had a full band, dude. But it was they were hidden, and it was all dancers. Like it became more of like a circus. Well, because it, yes, that's what people expect. Right, he was that. But, but that's he where also we are. Had the music. He also created his own music. Quincy Jones made all that. My, Michael I, Jackson I, never. I don't think he. He's like he's like fucking George Strait, dude. Like that guy never wrote a song. I will say, Off the Wall and Thriller are his best albums. That's the only bad, two albums he has. Bad, dangerous history. I mean, he's yeah, progressing. It, okay, but, but so in forty years—that was forty years, right? right. He was solo. Yes. He made how many albums? Six, five. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> he did his thing, man. Yeah, he sure fucking. He, and well, the thing is, though, having that movie come out now—it's like, what's the point? Because pe- the, the people that are fans of his. Are still gonna be yeah, it's not going to change, and I, right. that's, that's maybe not the point of the thing, of the movie. No, but it's just weird, right? That like the Me Too movement, right? Oh, you got to right. believe, you got to believe everyone. If they say it, you got to believe it. But right. no one believed these kids, you know, when when they said it. No, so the director Dan Reed did two other previous documentaries. One was called The Pedophile Hunter, and the other one was called Three Days of Terror: The Charlie Hebdo Attacks. So, I mean, the guy's doing stuff, and, I mean, I want to see it, but I don't know. Uh, who knows? If, if you watched it, and then you get to the end of it, and you go, man, I believe these kids, mm-hmm. would you not be a fan of his anymore? I would be a fan of his music. I always will be. Man, that's crazy. It's weird to me. I can separate the, the music and the artist. Like, I still love so, but okay. Kevin Spacey. I still like watching Bill Cosby show. But that's still up in the air, though. Like with the Michael Jackson, there's there's it's still up in the air. He was acquitted twice. Yeah, but the thing innocent twice. But there's just too many obvious things where it's like it's OJ, right? It's the same with OJ. Yeah, he was acquitted, but he most certainly did, did it. it. No, he almost like he did. There's no there's no denying it. That I, that's how I just feel that strongly about Michael Jackson. Like name no. another adult who has a fucking theme park in their backyard. It's just Michael Jackson. That, but that does what does that even mean? It means that he was a kid instead of going to all the Playboy having sex and all that stuff. He was like he banged Elvis. Ten year old dude. He banged Elvis's daughter. Yes, he did. Why not? King allegedly, Rock, King Rock. Allegedly. All right. I'm telling you though. Macaulay Culkin is the fucking, he's the key master here. And um, Corey Feldman. All right. Oh, man, whatever happened to that dude? Like, wasn't he supposed to have some movie come out? No, not a movie. Well, he was crowdfunding, like, a documentary to expose all of the pedophiles in Hollywood. And he 
came on every talk yeah. show and was like, Michael Jackson's not one of them. But he had a list, he, he, it, but it didn't go through. He's saving that name for later. Yeah, well, he's not. He was, he was seven. But what happened with that? Did he just... It, it didn't get funded. And then he was doing his music thing and he lost a tooth on stage and he went off and cried. He lost a tooth? Yeah, his tooth came out on stage and he left the, like... He left for good. Like, he didn't come back out. He didn't play. get hit? It's just his tooth? No, just his tooth. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. There's a there, there's video of it. It's pretty funny. I, I, actually, if you want to go to YouTube, everybody, and search Brian Kluger, Corey Feldman, you can watch a 30-minute video interview I did with Corey a few years ago, and it's insane. It's crazy. Is that before he played at Dada? Before he played what? He played at Club Dada. Oh, no, it was way before that. This was a few years ago. This was before the... Well, yeah, the... Was this before he did the video? Like the, it it was after Ascension video. Okay, uh, but not. Uh, it was before the new one. Yeah, he's like the like a old version of Skrillex. Yes, is what he. It's that you know it's a thirty minute interview, and I I bring up Corey Haim, I bring up Michael Jackson, I bring up you know all of his movies, and it, it's a good interview. But you could see like was he, he fucked up. It absolutely seems like it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill album is becoming a musical and will be on Broadway. The production is set to open in New York this fall. So, interesting. I mean, hopefully they have Dave Couillet there because he Dave was the Goul- inspiration uh, for... He's Broadway, that album, dude. He yeah. got head in the theater. <laughs> and are you thinking of me when you... Fuck her. How liberating that must have been for women when that, when that oh, came out, Oh, right? seriously. The musical is directed by the Tony winner Diane Paulus and was written by Diablo Cody, interestingly enough. Uh, yeah, it will feature all of Jagged Little Pill, Alanis Morissette, who played God and Kevin Smith's Dogma. So, uh, Dude, that album was fucking huge. It was great. You Ought to Know, Ironic, uh, you, you Learn. Great, great music, great songs. They keep I going. actually Name had just, a huge crush on Alanis Morissette. Oh, right dude, she's, she's still hot. She's still hot. There's a really good... You watch Curb. You remember when they had her on there? And Wanda, yeah, yes. Wanda tells Larry there's going to yeah. be a fucking terrorist attack. LD! <laughs> <laughs> right? Fucking, yeah. Then he, like, Larry ruins the... It was like a... It was a they were trying to raise money for something, I think, and Larry fucking sunk the ship. All right, so... Are you going to go to that, the Jagged Little Pill musical? If I'm in New York, yes. If it comes to Dallas, yes. <laughs> that won't be tour. They won't tour that. <laughs> Dude, nice. I didn't realize how expensive Broadway tickets are. A couple hundred bucks. Dude, like into the thousands. Yeah. Even. It's fucking nuts. So you go off Broadway. Um, here's a question. Uh, not our question that we're going to ask later, but... Uh, this is uh, something the Pitchfork brought up, and I just thought you would be have a funny answer to it. Um, since Weezer just put out their new album of covers, basically, called Blue, the question is, will Weezer ever stop being disappointing? Man, they did an album a few years ago called Everything Will Be Alright in the End, and that's a really good Weezer album. But, yeah, from like the first, like Pinkerton to the Blue album, there's just that big lull. That happens. Just seems like they're, oh, we got to make an album. I'll come in like every other Tuesday and I'll just fuck Yeah. yeah. Well, they, man, I, have you ever seen them live? They're badass I have live. not seen They're live. really, really fucking good. But I don't know, man. Like, I, I haven't even listened to that Teal album because I saw the track listing and I was like, and I saw the, 
I mean, they're always kind of like a, making fun of themselves. Like you can tell on the cover, like if you just look at the cover of the teal, the the yeah. uh, co- covers album, right? But I don't want to hear him doing fucking paranoid. Like they got lucky, <laughs> they got lucky on the Toto cover, right? Africa. Oh, because because that was a huge like viral thing, and then Toto covered their song right, too. Like, and that and then it was like cool. You lightning in a bottle is very rare. You know right. what I mean? And they got they did it on that because then there was a weird kind of culture like thing that happened like right 70 year olds were listening to weezer right you know like i i hope i saw this comment on the internet and it was like they were talking about that teal thing and the guy said i just hope they run out of colors soon because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know most of their album co- all, all album yeah. names are colors and shit right but they're a weird band for me too though because like on the red album they have a song called pork and beans yeah and i love that song but it's just poppy, pork stupid and beans, dude. Pork and beans, man. Do you know that song? I'm trying to remember that. How does that go? I eat my sandwich with the pork and beans, or something like that. <laughs> it's just good. It's like a car song with emo lyrics. But I, man, I'm a, I am a fan. I love Weezer, but their albums are always disappointing. I always listen to them. Like they put out one a year or so ago called Pacific Daydream. That album is just dog shit. I mean, it is. Horribly off the tracks. Well, there it is. All right, moving on. Interesting little bit of uh, merchandising news. Doc Martens. Remember the Doc Martens? Dude, I love Doc Martens. They have revealed uh, boots and shoes for Sex Pistols, featuring imagery from Nevermind the Bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Are they pink? No pink ones, just black and white. Man, I always wanted a green pair of Doc Martens. I had... I had Doc Martens growing up. Dude, those are sure. the those are the most comfortable fucking shoes, Gigantic man. Gigantic fucking boots that will kill kill you. Well, not all of them though. No. I mean. Well, if you're a fan of Sex Pistols, look very soon in stores for uh, collection will be available actually uh, this weekend, February first. Uh, look for the Sex Pistols Doc Martens. They have uh, lyrics of the songs, uh, the band on them, Johnny Rotten, all the good stuff. So, yeah, there you go. You know what's kind of mind-blowing about the Sex Pistols? They only ever did one album. Exactly, yeah. It's crazy. And (laughs) people don't realize that sometimes. Yeah, they didn't even... I don't even think it's them playing on it. Yeah, it's... (laughs) I mean, they they never fucking plugged in What's-His-Nuts. Fucking Sid. (laughs) No, they didn't. They just said, go out there and fuck yourself up, dude. Like, Gigi Allen. That shit wasn't good. It was marketed very well. Well, it was that they were at the right place, the right time. Yeah. And they could have these group of guys there for a very small amount of time to sell this album. And then after, I mean, you they know, sold an image though. Like yeah. they, they weren't even music was like secondary. Well, everything was repressive. Uh, well, even if you look at how they were put together though, they weren't even, they didn't even know Like they were marketed like a, they were, I can't remember the guy's name who was the mastermind behind him. It's, it's similar to like the strokes. Like, they were very contrived, and bam, you guys are going to look like this, sound like this, and we're going to write your music. But they were just like, you, like you said, right time, right, right place. place. Yeah. Fucking anti-everything. Fuck everyone. Fuck everyone. Um, very quick bit of news uh, related to Wesley Snipes. Oh, DMX was finally released from prison. The rapper was sentenced to one year in prison for tax evasion last year and has been released. Yay, DMX. Dude, they need to give that guy a break. <laughs> that dude's been arrested, I think, more times than... 
Probably there are Grateful Dead live albums. <laughs> yeah, <we have> pretty <laughs> close. Pretty close. Like that, that's like 921. Uh, he will reportedly be supervised uh, released for three years. So there you go. Um, and the last bit of news, back to Spotify. Spotify accounts breached to generate streams for fake bands. Mysterious artists such as Bungalow Bergal- 5 and Brat Knight inexplicably appeared in many Spotify users' listening histories. So I guess fake bands are coming up. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I mean, there's just as many fake bands as there are fake listeners. You're very correct. I mean, fucking... Pad your stuff. Have you read about that guy in California that had a band called Threaten? I think is what it was called. And he created this, like, fake marketing company. He made a fake band, and he booked, like, a European tour. And Uh he paid for, like, all these fake likes and stuff. And he, he didn't even have a band had no music and he somehow booked an entire <laughs> he booked an entire European festival he had like video footage and stuff but it was edited if you watch it it's like dude an 8 year old wouldn't get tricked on this but he did it he and he said that the only re- the only reason he did it is because if he was just booked a normal tour and done it normally no one would have cared he goes by doing this publicity stunt all you people are talking about it now but yeah, he didn't even have a band, dude. Fucking you, fuck Spotify. We talked about two of my least favorite things today. Yeah, Michael Jackson, Spotify. Oh, now. Although I was using Spotify earlier, I will admit, but I was using Shauna's account, so it would just like sh- look like she was listening she, to. So you're. Uh, she was listening to yeah. Kiss at eight thirty this morning. <laughs> what me? Way, I don't... We're going to Kiss in February. Oh, is it? Is it for Man, sure? Airlines, yes. We're fuck going. yeah, dude. It's, well, it's half a kiss. Wait, what? Ace and no, Ace and Peter haven't been with them in a long time. They're not gonna be so. Is- what? So here's what they here's the rumor because I'm on the fucking I nerd out. Sean is always like, go, go on one of your fucking nerd music message boards, and I'm like, show me. I fucking will go on there. I want to know what's <laughs> happening. So there's an audiophile one I follow, and there's a Kiss one. So what Kiss and in typical Kiss fashion, this is their farewell tour, right? So they'll do one leg of farewell with the current band. Uh-huh. Then they'll announce a second tour with the original that has Peter and Ace. Okay. So they'll fucking because then they'll they'll know if they do the first one with Peter and Ace, no one will go to the second one. If they reverse them, right? Do right. the do the first tour with the current band. Yeah. With Tommy Thayer and uh, Eric Singer. Okay. People will go because most fans won't know. They'll go. What's the last one? Then they'll announce the Kiss original lineup tour. And then everyone will fucking go to that. Shit. Okay. They'll get us twice, dude. Like I said, in typical Kiss fashion, they They'll have... They'll coming and going. I bought Kiss condoms the other day. Kiss condoms, and you can get a Kiss casket. Coming they, and going. Dude. They're they're genius. They really are fucking brilliant. I used to hate them, but I love them, man. They're good. Like, well, they're they're not I good. I believe that was our first episode, was Kiss. Uh, Yeah, I think... You know what? Hang on. Dare I say you are correct. All right. Rock and roll over. I can see the photo. Yeah, it's good shit. Um, all right, moving on to our one-hit wonder of the day from 1993. Oh, I guess 1992 was the original release, but then the big re-release was in 1993. Jacob, we're very excited about this. Who is this? I don't. I forgot, dude. I got. I don't remember. I'm high. We. <laughs> it, you named it. Oh, wait a minute. I it's do the remember. Heavy metal yeah. song. Green Jelly. Green Jelly. Little pig. Little yeah. pig. Let me in. <laughs> Do I remember? The, do you remember the music video for it? I do. It's so good. Yeah, the claymation. Like, the, like the album cover, the single album cover has three little pigs. One of the pigs is like high on a joint, 
There's a wolf after him. It's great. So this is from the album Serial Killer by a band named Green Jelly, who formed in 1981. Uh, yeah, Green, Je- Green Jelly. Oh, actually, I guess they were first. They were Green, Green Jello, Jello and then and went to Green Jelly. They had to, yeah, they got, they, they, I think Jello attempted to sue them. You're absolutely correct, Jello. They were a trademark infringement with it. So the song peaked at uh, number 17 on the Billboard Hot 100 in the entire summer of 1993, staying on the chart for 20 weeks. Dude, I- and it charted even higher in the UK, and it reached number one in New Zealand for two consecutive weeks. Two non-consecutive weeks. Uh, and I guess the, the chart success is partly attributed to the... The very unique, as Jacob said, music video. The music videos, all their music videos are incredible. They had a VHS. I remember I made my mom rent it for me one time because she liked that band. She goes, this is so stupid and goofy. Yeah, you can listen to this. And the videos were all, they, they kind of look like, uh, what was that video game where it was like Mortal Kombat, but it was clay characters and it was like a snowman. No, yes, I totally know what you're talking about. It's, it wasn't Killer Instinct. It wasn't Killer Instinct. I know exactly because there was a snowman. It was an evil was, snowman. Yes, yeah. No, I totally remember that. God damn it. But that's what those. It's not primal Rage. No, that's the animals. That's yeah. like fucking the raptor against uh, the, gorilla, the gorilla. Yeah. yeah. But you, yeah, I remember that. But that's what that—that's what all those music videos <laughs> remind me of—is that fucking game? Yes. Because people are just getting walloped the whole time. <laughs> Correct. It's really funny. The, so, the, the music is hilarious, though, for the song. It is because it's so like boneheadedly retarded. Yes. It's like earache my eye, like the Cheech and Chong. Yes. That's how the. That's kind of how the music no, is, is in that song. It is. So the song was written by Mark Leventhal and Bill Manspeaker um, after a late, late night drink fest in Hollywood. The song is, of course, the retelling of the Three Little Pigs with modern twist. The straw builder pig escaped the farm where he was raised to begin a new life in L.A. The stick pig is a marijuana smoking dumpster diving hippie and preacher from venice beach and the third pig is the son of a rock star pig nugent with a master's degree in architecture from harvard university who builds his concrete mansion in hollywood hills pig nugent. the third pig dispatches the harley riding big bad wolf by calling in rambo who mows the wolf down with a machine gun that is the story of the song. Yeah, Ram- I remember Rambo in there too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's got like a fucking machine gun. It's super, super funny. Um, when they wore those crazy uh, like costumes when they performed, like the band themselves. Yes. They all had fucking, like, like, kind of like Guar a little bit. They, they did that and they actually wrote the lyrics on a yellow legal pad, which I guess... Uh, those legal pads were sold in 2012 to somebody. Dude, well, that's when you said that I was after a, a late night drink sesh. Yeah. I would certainly hope they were fucked up when they wrote that. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> like, but it's kind of brilliant because they just, they just went, they kind of led Zeppelin it. Like the materials there, we're just going to take it. And Pig Nugent. So yeah. good. And of course the, the music video, stop motion, claymation. The video uh, is incredible. It was on MTV the, all the time. Uh, and it just so good. That's so a, I'm, dude. That's an incredible music video. Like it's it's, and it's not supposed to be great. You know, it's just the the what happens and there's guts and stuff. Right. It's, um, it's awesome. So there were two versions of the song. The only change being the lyrics as to what the second little pig was doing. In the censored modified version, the lyric is. 
he was kind of stoked and spent most of his days in the sun just soaking. The original one was he was kind of stoked and spent most of his days just a ganja smoking. They had to edit that out. That is pathetic. It is. Couldn't uh, even say that in 1994. They wanted to edit out pop, uh, or pot culture, not pop culture. But uh, That's who was listening to that, though. It, I agree. So in 1993, there was a CD pressing, uh, which consisted of the Little Pigs edit, and in the full-length version, a uh, along with a song called Obey the Cow God. Oh, I remember that one. That's a really good music video, too. <laughs> um, and if you forgot, uh, one of the guest voices, or the guest voices of the pigs are Polly Shore, um, Les Claypool, and Maynard James Keenan, and then uh, Danny Carey uh, um, played drums in that song as well. But Polly Shore and Les Claypool are absolutely in that song. I knew the Polly Shore connection. I didn't know the other two, though. It's pretty great, huh? I don't like Tool, but, I mean, it's just... that's They think that they're, like, the most musical band, so for them to be doing that in the least musical band is kind of awesome. I mean, if I ever introduced Les Claypool, I'd be like, and Three Little Pigs Own yeah. <laughs> Les Claypool. Well, they had a song called Shit Man. Shit Man? Yeah, look it up. I think it was, like, the mastermind of Shit Man or something like that, but... Dude, that song was like a guy. It was kind of like the video game we were just talking about. It was like this big pile of shit walking around. <laughs> so it's incredible, man. I think all their music videos were claymation. Yeah, I think they were all they're all pretty good. Yeah, but, but yeah, excellent stuff. D- did you look up the Shitman song? No, not yet. I'm looking it up. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember the name of it. Shitman Green Jelly. Let's see what happens when it, we talk. No, that. I know I'm right. Green Jelly, Misadventures of Shit That's Man. That's it, Misadventures of Shit Man. There you go. Check that one out. It's a doozy. Uh, oh, yeah, it's like the poop monster from Dogma, which has oh, there's, you twice see, here. Yeah. You see a photo of yes. it? Yeah, it's great. So look that up if you're like Green Jelly. But yes, uh, Little Pigs, Little Pigs, let me in. Little Pigs, pig, Little Pigs, let me in. Not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. I took the Pauly Shore part in that one. <laughs> the we- Weasel. Middle America. All right. Let's move on. Oh, first off, we're, we're going to do this question series that we do on My Bloody Podcast, The Horror Show, but we're going to do a music theme where we ask a question and we answer it. We're going to post these questions on Reddit, read the answers out. Uh, so we are going to read. We're going to ask a question. What's our question this week? What do you want our question? You said you wanted to ask the if you could fill an oh, air, yeah, okay. fill an airplane with musical shitheads, who would you put on it? Correct. If you if you had access to a jumbo jet airplane, you can fill that airplane. Let's with just say musical artists. Ten people. Ten people. Not the three hundred you could fit uh, on. Okay, it. ten people, uh, and you can fly it into a mountain. What musical artist would you put on that plane? Sub question. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Um, who would you strap to the nose of the plane to get first impact? Did you just try to like, you're like, okay, yes, you want to put in like Jennifer Lopez. No know? way. That ass ain't going anywhere. Why? That ass ain't going anywhere. Britney Spears? Absolutely not. She's looking great. Are you kidding me? You got to put people like R. Kelly on that fucking plane, dude. What about Creed? Oh yeah, does that count as one? Or what about Nickelback? Absolutely, but that's what they're now. You're talking. Okay. What did what did Britney Spears ever do to anyone? Make terrible shitty music. No different than MJ. One hundred percent wrong. Same shit, dude. Like Alex the other day was listening to this fucking band called Caro Caro Bonito, mm-hmm. and it's just horrible. 
And I was like, dude, this this sounds like that band Aqua. <laughs> and Alex, and of course, you know, Alex didn't know who it was. And I said, you know that Barbie Girl song? And she goes, yeah, you know what? You're kind of right. It does sound like. I was like, yeah, this is fucking baby music. Baby talk. Listen to it, dude. Caro, 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 caro bonito. It is dog shit. So we're going to ask that question on Reddit for next week. We'll read the answers off of Reddit, and then we'll give our really, uh, our, our fine-tuned answers then. We come up with our own answers, too. Correct. We will. So but check does, Reddit. Does Creed count as one, or does it count as four? I would four? say full bands count as one. Okay, Like, yeah. you put Creed on there, that, that's enough. Oh, I it. could fill it with bands real quick. There you go. So Grit. we'll get back to you next week on that. Uh, but let's move on to the main event. Aerosmith, a band that has been around since the very early 70s and are still making music today. Um, so interestingly enough, I love Aerosmith. I've seen them twice. Um, I'm a fan of theirs. However, my fandom stops at a certain point. Like, they're still fun live, but there was a time in the 70s where, like, you you hear the... Uh, what's the song that's in... Um, in Days of Confused from them. Sweet Emotion. Sweet Emotion. They did not go that route. Like, if they kept that sound the entire time, you'd, they'd be the biggest band in the world. Dude, I always tell people, like, if the 80s wouldn't have happened, like, if Aerosmith wouldn't have made it into the 80s and then just got back together in the 90s with, like, Pump, the one with the cow udder right, on it, because yeah. that's actually not a bad a album. album. But they would have been the greatest American rock and roll band. Yes. So, I mean, Steven Tyler... Uh, Tom Hamilton, uh, Joey Kramer, Joe Perry. I mean, the big guys. The Brad Steve Whitford. Tyler, Brad don't Whitford, leave out Brad yes. Whitford. But Joe Perry and Stephen Tyler, everybody knows. But uh, in the 70s, they, they were the band that came in hardcore rock and or even in the beginning, bluesy rock. And they did tons of drugs and then they completely cut it out. And they started eating basically ice cream sundaes yeah. in the eighties, and then you got like I mean I like dude likes dude looks like a lady and but no but, but so, they're not the same but they have albums before that that don't have Joe Perry on them yes and uh, well one album without Joe Perry but dude they were like America's answer to the Stones like so yeah they they were rooted in blues like the Stones but they went more hard rock than the Stones they, they were uh, well the Stones like we when we talked about the Stones on the podcast a while back they the stones british but they did american rock and roll better than anyone ever did up to that point right. and then aerosmith came out and then they they were kind of more of a refined like hard rock american sound like they kind of took the stones and like bumped it up a little bit they wrote fucking great songs man like and those guitar those some of those fucking guitar riffs are so instantly like classic yeah like, oh, walk this way, dude. Like, that's so cool. Like, and, then, and then you have his voice, like, Dream On, right? Like, that song is so fucking ridiculous. And that's on the first album. Right. So, Dream On is, like, you hear it, and he's like, this is Steven Tyler. And you know it's Steven Tyler at the very end with the high pitch. But through the whole rest of the song, it's like... This guy's great. Dude, they were um, they were fucking killer, man. Like I they would be a band I wish I could go back in time to see. And slap them and say like don't do that. No, stay on heroin. Like yeah. trust me. <laughs> you guys are going to not like each other for a little bit. But just get through it. Don't yeah. don't don't record any albums or just break up. Yeah. Like they should have broke up and reformed. I agree. Like Night in the Ruts is I think one of the last maybe the last one with Joe and then he quit. 
and then they did one without him and then they took a hiatus and then i think permanent vacation was like the comeback album right but man like the self-titled album fucking get your wings draw the line yeah toys in the attic draw the line those albums are er all good well it's interesting because they they formed together in boston massachusetts in 1970 where actually joe perry and tom hamilton actually formed the band and then they met up with a guy named steven tyler and then joey kramer and ray tabano and they all kind of like okay we can do this in 1971 they got together where tabano was replaced by rad whitford and the band actually just started playing in Boston. They had a big Boston following. Not the band, but the city. And then 1972 came around. They got signed. And then it, their careers took off right from the get-go. Right? Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, and Brad Whitford is like the secret weapon in that band. Like, he's kind of like the... You know, the, the way they marketed those guys is very much like the Stones. Like, it's... The front guy and the guitar player, right? Would you say they, they're, they're the U.S. Stones? Totally. They're to- they are the answer. They are the American answer to the Stones. Like, Guns N' Roses did it in the 80s because it was the same thing. Axel Slash, mm-hmm. Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Steven Tyler, Joe, Joe Perry. Perry. And they even kind of looked, like, similar. And then they called them, you know, the Toxic Twins because yeah. they were always getting fucked up. But, and they just, but Aerosmith is one of those bands where they just looked cool. No, they like, came out on stage and they looked badass. No, I'm just talking like band photos. Yeah, no, like, they, they don't even cool. have to be holding instruments. They just they look. That's how like a band should look. Like kind of like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Like they knew how to have the aesthetic, just because that's who they were. Like there's there was nothing contrived. Then you flash forward to like 1997, dude, or just push play, just push play, oh, right? Jesus Christ. Now you've you've kind of lost your way, and he's you know it's American Idol. Right. Pink. Remember that song? I remember Pink. It's with a big harmonica and like, pink is my favorite color. But do you remember the v- the music? They did the music videos yes, for those? Oh I my did. God, dude, they're horrible. But but that's what's weird though. Like I bet if you go on Spotify and look at the top plays, I bet one of those songs off Pink is at the top. No, absolutely it is because nobody goes back and listens to like the actual, like I'm telling you, that song, Dream On, like you said, could have been like that sounds if you if you close your eyes and you never heard it. You're, you're in like, 1974, that's, that's stones, dude. Yeah, or you could say that was could be Stones that Dream On song. Yeah, I mean, they wrote they wrote songs you know very similar, but they were very like well constructed songs. Like they they always kind of had a point, and there was like these great highs and lows of each one, and the they're great, man. But you know what's crazy? We haven't even talked about their biggest song. So, so it's interesting. So Aerosmith has never had a number one hit until yeah. the movie directed by Michael Bay starring Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck came out called Armageddon. And they sang the song, the anthem, the, the studio arena anthem hit. I don't want to miss a thing. So that is their only number one hit. That's fucked up. Which is crazy. <laughs> I mean, when I've seen them both times, it's fun to sing that song with, you know, 15,000 people, but it's such a terrible Wait, song. Wait, the, the Run DMC? Uh, Never walk went this, number one. Damn, really? Because Walk This Way was originally just Aerosmith, but they added Run DMC to it and made yeah, it like, like 10, 10 times years better. later. Yeah, but it was so good with them because they added kind of like... Yeah, but that, it would have made that song rechart. 
It did. Right, but that didn't get to number one. It never God got to God damn, one. that's unfortunate. I would have started shooting dope, too. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, think about it, dude. They wrote fucking Back in the Saddle, yeah. right? Fucking Sweet Emotion wasn't number one. Like, how the fuck does that happen? I, I'm gonna look right now. That's crazy. But it, no, yeah, it's it was. I think they're only. Uh, I, I, and I, I figure even maybe something off of like Pump, like Crying, because that song was huge, and that's when they started to get you know less rock and a little more ballady. Like you could kind of hear them going in the Armageddon soundtrack direction. Uh, Janie's got a gun. Um, oh yeah, that's on Pump. Got uh, number one in Australia. <laughs> But um, have you seen them live twice? That's when that when they start playing the fucking Armageddon song. That's beer and bathroom time. It's, yes, it is. I don't want to miss this thing. Pretty much one across the board. Damn. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, that so if that song wouldn't have been in that movie, that movie wouldn't have been that good. It, it, it's insane. it's a perfect it's parent. Their, their it's biggest a, song, "Live It on the Edge," did pretty well. Living on the edge. Yeah. You Weird Al, can't help yourself. Weird Al even did a parody of that song called oh, he Living in the Fridge. Dude, he could have parodied that <laughs> whole era of them. Just Push Play uh, only became number 10 in the U.S., but... The album. J- no, just the song. Oh, the song. The song. God, that song sucks. It, it yeah. Ugh. Just Push Play. Jaded did better, though. Oh, God, I forgot about that one. Jaded. Fuck, so, like it's crazy to think those are the same guys who wrote fucking Draw the Line. Right. I don't so think... Dr- Dream On didn't even make the the charts in the U.S. And it was number 59. Uh, oh, actually, out of all music, it was number 59, Dream On, in 87 in Canada, which is crazy. Sweet Emotion, number 36. That That's where it topped out at. That's fucking crazy. Isn't that crazy? It's so weird. Uh, Walk This Way, number 10. I mean, <laughs> the Armageddon song is their only number one hit. <laughs> it's crazy. Fuck. Dude looks like a lady, number 14. <laughs> then that ain't good. That's not a fucking good classic fucking Aerosmith song. Well, you have, like, for anyone wanting to figure out what the hell we're talking about, like, Aerosmith was good at one point. Go buy this fucking live bootleg concert from, like, 77 or 78. Yes, because there's a lot of real. How, what, what's on there? Back in the Saddle, Sweet Emotion, Lord of the Thighs, which is a great song, Toys in the Attic, Last Child, the fucking stupid Beatles cover, Sick as a Dog, that's a fucking great one, Dream On, Chip Away the Stone, which is, that, that's a song they could never play live now. Why not? It's just, his voice, he can't do it. And that's a lot of Joe Perry singing on that too, because their voices work really fucking well together, kind of like the Jagger and... Richard's thing and the yeah. Stone song. There's that push pull that happens. Yeah. Like one guy has a voice and then the other one can get into pitch, but right. it's very like raspy and yeah, kind of haggard sounding. It makes those songs really fucking jump. They're man, dude. Aerosmith is the shit, but they were the shit for only a little bit. Well, no, nah, they were. I mean, they were uh, huge. Of time. Excuse me. They they were huge for a while, but. I don't know, man. They're all lucky to be alive. That's well because sure. they stopped doing drugs a long time ago. <laughs> they would be dead if they didn't. It's crazy to think that like those bands like that, like the Stones and Aerosmith, like 
they just in the eighties they just somehow couldn't get their footing. Granted, I think like Start Me Up, the Stones wrote in the eighties. Yeah, man, they just from that great rock and roll sound they have, they had up until like nineteen eighty two. They just could never access it again. It's I fucking mean, weird. They are old guy. I mean, besides the Stones, it's very rare to find a band as hardcore into like rock or blues that are still around playing music from. 1970. Like, well, they did. The like, the, the Aerosmith did that all-blues album called Honkin' on Bobo. Yes, which I, is, I remember that. And Steven Tyler is a really good harmonica player. But yes. Honkin' on Bobo, 2004. Um, and it's it's not really a great album, but it's like, you could you listen to them play that kind of music, and you're like, okay, cool, that's what they started out playing. Because it was like Bo Diddley covers and Mississippi Fred McDowell. Yeah, they're just they're they're the yeah. fucking playing rock and roll music. Like yeah, they're, they're, that's the closest they got again to being a rock band. Now they're like a fucking brand. Like they have to. Have you seen what Joe Perry looks like? Have you seen what Liv or not Liv Tyler, but Steven Tyler? Looks <laughs> Fooled like? me. I, I'm telling you, you. Well, you they, know, they're like middle-aged old women. I have a great have, photo yeah. of me and Steven Tyler together. Yeah, it's incredible. I'll send it to you. My phone's dead, but I'll send it to you later. It's fucking awesome, man. I forgot to charge that. Yeah, you didn't charge. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't need it. I mean, you're the only person I need to talk to, and okay, here you are. Okay, but um, dude. Google Joe Perry 2018 and just who lets him leave the house like this is well, what I want to know. Steven Tyler. No, but Steven Tyler has to look goofy because he's uh, he's the fucking voice. You know, he's on the fucking talk show or the contest show for the singer. Like he has to look like an idiot. No, Joe, Joe Perry looks awful. Dude, that like fucking it looks like he got burned. No, he does. Yeah. Like his mustache got singed. No, yeah, it's it's awful. So basically it's not a mustache because there's no hair above his mouth, but where hit the corner of his mouth meet is where the mustache starts. Yeah, on the it's, a, it, it's like a Fu Manchu missing in the middle. <laughs> it's very weird. But his and but his wife is like super like good looking. They're fucking rock guys. Yeah, but like, I mean oh, that's yeah. what I'm saying though. Like this has to be a joke. Like why would someone want to do that? Because he's like I'm an artist. I do something different. Let's try this. Maybe it'll catch on. But he's man. That's I guess that's I guess you're kind of right. I guess that's where they kind of started to maybe lose their way. They would be, man, that would be a great, I would love to fucking interview them. It's, it's insane. So right, well, in 2017, that was their last tour they've done. Well, they're doing a Vegas residency. Oh, that's right. They're doing the Vegas residency. There you go. Um, so, and they've been featured everywhere. Like they, they've been, they have characters in the Simpsons. Oh, they also have one of the best video games ever. Arcade games. Which one was that? The fucking shoot, you shoot CDs at the, Oh yeah. You have to help the concert. You have to help that. I think it's called revolution. Yep. Um, and let's not forget the sequel to Wayne's world. Wayne's world two was all about Wayne stock. Wayne stock was all about Aerosmith. Well, cause that was their big nineties comeback. Like that's when uh, get a grip came out. So they, Dude, that's a. We, me and Shauna watched that the other night. I, it, it's still so good because I remember in the first film, it's Alice Cooper, and they're going, "We're not worthy." Yeah. And Alice Cooper just holds his hand out to be kissed. And when they do the same thing to Steve Tyler, he's like, "You're worthy. You're worthy. Get, get, up, get up, man. Get up, man. <laughs> what are you doing?" <laughs> it's all Jersey short out and shit. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I've seen them like five or six times, man. My mom, dude, my mom fucking see. loves them because they're they're. Their songs in concert are just like you hear them on the album, with a little bit of uh, a little bit of improv here and there. But they still like put on a crazy ass show. Dude, they jam, man. Like they, I mean, but 
again, they do ballads and shit now. But every, you got to go to the bathroom, man. Like, you know, they start playing. If they like, they start playing Angel, right? They're, that right. means after they play that song, they're yeah. going to play like Mama Ken yeah. or something that's just totally fucking rocking. So right. I love them, man. I, I, like I said, I always my favorite question to ask people who are really into music is, you know, who is the greatest American rock and roll band? And to me, the answer is Leonard Skinner. If you just keep in mind that when the air, when the plane crashed, yes, that's the end of the band. But dude, if if Aerosmith wouldn't have made all those shitty records, because you have to kind of look at the body of work, right? You know what I mean. And uh, but if had they not made, you know, just push play and fucking permanent vacation, no, night, just push play, night Why in the ruts, they would have been, dude. They would have easily been the the correct to me the. the correct answer of greatest American rock and roll band because they did it they wrote it's unfortunate because since we're doing a Vegas residency now for a while who knows if they'll ever make another good album they won't they don't need to they're not capable of doing it I mean mm. fuck they did just push play that's what you that's what we got that sucks they I did mean, we got honking on Bobo after yeah but they play. did an album too called nine lives uh nine lives it's got a cat like yeah I'm tied to a look for it a roulette wheel or something. Yeah, Nine Lives was in 1997. Yeah, and that one's not bad. Like it, but it's also not fucking draw a line. <laughs> Look up the one they did without Joe Perry. I can see the cover of it. It's like there's a rock on the front of it. Is it Night in the Rut? No, nah, Joe... Rocks. No, nah, Rocks is the fucking rock in a That's hard their place? best album. Yeah, with what, mirrors? what does Rock in a Hard Place look like? Um, it's got Rock Stonehenge basically. Yeah, that's it. That's the okay. one without Joe Perry. Yeah, Lee, uh, it is the only Aerosmith album not to feature Joe Perry following his departure from the band in 1979. Uh, Brad Whitford also left uh, during the recording in 1981. Uh, my goodness. But they came back, you know. So there's also a... Uh, Bitches Brew. I'm surprised Miles Davis didn't do something there. He's dead. It's true. He um, is. There's an Aerosmith-Alice Cooper connection on the early Aerosmith albums. Oh, yeah? Because they were... Matt, they were engineered by the same guy, Bob Ezrin. Okay. And there was a couple of, uh, like, studio guys they would use for, like, guitar parts. Like, if the band, if the guys just couldn't get it right. Right. They would bring these guys in. So there's these two guys from Detroit named Steve Hunter and Dick Wagner. And they play guitar on, like, early Aerosmith albums. Same with Alice Cooper. They're uncredited, but they're playing a lot of the guitars that you hear. So, like, on, uh, like, Trank Kept a Rollin', the Yardbirds song they cover... Joe Perry doesn't play any lead guitar on that. Okay. It's all Dick Wagner. I heard going into, not the music, but Steve Perry was involved with the the um, the true life version of Penny Lane from Almost Famous. Is that true? Steve Perry from Journey? Not, not Steve Perry. I'm sorry. St- oh, Steven Steve Tyler. Tyler. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, okay, so how we were talking earlier and like how I'm like, man, fuck Michael Jackson. Right. Well, Steven Tyler kind of pulled a... Bill Wyman, R. Kelly thing in the 70s. Okay. Because he, like, he married, I think, like, a 15, 16-year-old girl. Her mom, like, signed off and, like, signed over him as the legal guardian. Okay. And then she got pregnant. So, in 1978, he married Sandra Fox? How old was she? I'm looking. I think she was 15 or 16. 1978. Uh, I mean, Sandra Fox was born in 1952. So that would... She was 16. 50, well, 52? 
No, she was 22. Teresa Barrick, maybe, in the 80s? Just type in Steven Tyler, like, underage. It'll pop up. Uh, I don't want to put that in there. Who is Liv's mother? <laughs> She's not the mom. She's not? Mm-mm. Because okay. they didn't have the baby. Okay. She was underage. That's all I know. Okay. I don't remember her name. But he, yeah, so, I mean, but that's like... Baby B- Buell. That's not right? I don't know. I would look, but my someone didn't charge my phone. Well, shit, I'm sorry. Sick burn, bro. Oh, she married to Coyote Shivers. That's why he was in that movie. I get it now. Um, okay, so, all right. So I always thought that was interesting. That what was interesting? I that the Steven Tyler and um, Penny Lane. Yeah, that makes sense because like they never in in Almost Famous, the age of her never gets discussed. Yeah, she never reveals her real name until the very end, just to one person. But and age. Yeah, and age. So it's like because well, they have that funny. Uh, conversation. I'm really 15. I'm really 17. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I'm really 16. Me too. I'm 15. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> I mean, she's off with the other guy, like all yeah. the old guys. Yeah. Which yeah. I always read that that movie's like based loosely on the Steven Tyler, Penny Lane thing and yeah. the Almond Brothers. Yeah, well, so Almond Brothers, well, because they have the guy there, the, the roadie, all yeah. the brothers band, man. Red Dog. Yeah, Red Dog. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's the band right there, man. Best band ever. Almond Brothers. We haven't done them yet either. Nope. We got it. Well, because we're going to have a, a three hour special yeah. there. Oh, yeah. And some mushrooms. And some mushrooms. We uh, should shroom on a cast. Shroomcast. Shroomcast. That's a good one. That's a great one. I think we have a new theme. So I think Aerosmith th- said that, or is does Aerosmith ever do stuff with Kings of Chaos or Chain Reaction? I don't even know what that is. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, well, all, here's another thing we forgot that was creepy about Steven Tyler. Remember when he cast Liv in the fucking music video? Oh, as in the, the sex. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know about she's that. She's her own person. Dude, yeah, but she's she she's 16 in that. Yeah. She's an elven goddess, too. She's hot, man. <laughs> Liv Tyler. <laughs> it's like Keith Richards' daughters. I mean, they're so gorgeous. Like, And you look at him, you're like, how would happen? Huh? Dude, he's a man. That's the thing, though. Like, in the 70s and 80s, he's a good-looking dude. But now, it's like Joan Rivers, right? Yes. Like, he just looks so fucking plasticky and... Scotch taped up, canned chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Scotch taped. It's like like peewee in the mirror, dude. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly how I get ready every morning. Scotch taped up. That's what it it really is. I I bet that's how Steven Tyler goes to sleep. (laughs) How many scarves do you think that guy owns? (laughs) He probably has an entire walk-in closet just for scarves. What a bad motherfucker, though, man. Like, that's just a cool band. No, Aerosmith is awesome. I'm a big fan of that band. I just wish that the last half of their career, 20 years... No, I don't know, man. I like Pump, though. I like that album. It's got the good sappy, like... And I'll I'll say, I'll be the first. I like Do What's Lady. I like Ragdoll. Every time I listen to Just Push Play, I have to listen to it, but I hate listening to God, it. God, I would never. It's Why are so you doing bad. that to yourself? Ugh, it's so bad. What does he say? Just push play. Fucking A. Yeah. Just push play. They're going to bleep it anyway. You know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I guess like in your mind, it's like, okay, rock and roll. We're going to say it. No but he's rapping though. Like that's like they're trying to do well, the he's, rap. He's speaking um, Jamaican or something like that. 
right? Can't I can't do that now. It's cultural appropriation. Yeah, we can't speak of that. Shame on you, ST. <laughs> ST L D. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if they come back in town, I'd definitely go see them. I don't know if I'd pay to see them again. Well, the last time I saw them is when they did a tour where they were supposedly going to play Toys in the Attic from front to back. And the last song on Toys in the Attic is this song called I've Seen You Crying. Mm-hmm. Or You've Seen Me Crying. Fuck, I don't remember exactly the name of it. And that's one of my favorite Aerosmith songs. It's like kind of their Beatles type song. Yeah. And they didn't do it live. Yeah. I was like, fuck. They did everything else off of it, but he can't sing that, man. Like, no, his I voice don't. gets so fucking high in that song. It's I'm, good. So I, I saw them when they came to Dallas last year, and then I saw them in 2003 at the Roximus Maximus tour when they toured with Kiss. Uh, so Aerosmith and Kiss tour was actually pretty damn good. Yeah, I feel like I saw him with ZZ Top one time. See, I've never seen ZZ Top. That oh, dude. Awesome. Also another band who could be best American rock and roll band ever. They have a lot of great songs and oh, a lot of great albums. And a lot of great music videos. Yes, they do. Lots of butts. A lot, a lot, a lot of butts. They have a song actually called Ass, but they don't call it Ass. Tushy. Yes. It's a tushy and some legs. <laughs> yeah. uh, They're like ACDC, man. Like all those songs have a general theme. <laughs> Boners <laughs> fighting, drinking, and yeah. sex. Like brown sugar, Fuckin dude. Is this song about heroin or pussy? <laughs> we don't know. Both, we'll dude. It. it gets open to interpretation. You know what? Interestingly enough, I do not own a one single Azizi Top album. Shame on I you, man. Some. You go on and buy all of them. They're all good. I agree. They're all great. Um, but I think that wraps it up for this week. Uh, kind of a shorter episode. But uh, yes, we will be back later next week with the questions, with the the Reddit responses. Yeah, hopefully some people respond. We yeah. got to start getting some flack on the internet. They, Movie Poop Shoot. MoviePoopShoot.com. Uh, Jacob Douglas can be found at Scrumchalescence on Instagram and at Good Records. And I'm Brian Kluger. Can be found all over the internet and you porn. So... Please, uh, WebMD. WebMD. <laughs> um, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, look for the Unbalanced Note music podcast. We love you, and we will be back next week. <laughs>